Now we sitting in that bitch My cup is hella broke But the soul is hella rich I be, I be knocking them out with brass knuckles The bags ruffled, the chips laid Behind glass like displays I'm beyond the ab, I am on a telepath I am like Iron Man My house got a helipad Most of these niggas hella sad Hand out with no plan Tell me is this your man Stand out or don't stand I well connected like the supply of the local grocery store Dope man in the parking lot Way told to drop it off Cause he know the block is hot Cold like some dipping nuts But with every time you get a haircut You get a facial You'll be glowing They'll be looking at you They'll be like Is he Take care of his skin Or is he gay <laughs> Cause you know The gay dudes Always got their skin on point And be like Nah I'm just handsome Bitch Hey, <laughs> right, fucking on that note mm-hmm. Alright Welcome to episode 45 Of the Trey Coastal 20 for 20 podcast I'm Ryman Philip Banks Yee Cam Moss baby Man we got a super Extra stupendous guest In the house Skino uh, for for episode forty five, man, we got uh, uh, not only a, a a rapper, we got actor, uh, college grad, porn star, porn star. He says he's very handsome. Thank you. Very. Now I'm fucking with you. We got Jordan Gomes, aka Nigel Standers. Hello, hello, hello. Aka Stunman O two, man. What a dude, man. Nigga, we still winning. Pulling up, slapping out that window. Loading niggas, rolling up that endo. Kid folk, I told your ass to tuck all the mixed endos. Niggas start tripping when they truck up off that endo. Pulling up, slapping out that window. Loading niggas, rolling up that endo. Kid folk, I told your ass to tuck all the mixed endos. Niggas don't listen when they truck up off that endo. Man, what's popping, man? Didn't Michael Jordan wear 45? So this is yeah. the Michael Jordan mm, episode. Yeah. Mm. This is the comeback from the retirement episode. Come on, man. Mm. So we having fun. I'm chilling, man. This is ceremonious because this is the first place I'm coming after I just got the labels for my oh, O2 juice. Oh, shit. Man. You got the O2 juice? Pass it juice? around. Pass it around. Oh, shit. That's glorious. Y'all can have that bottle complimentary. What? Good looking. Because I got to oh, cherish those. You said that's the first label? This the is the first. Le- yeah. Damn. Cause first. Y'all can have this bottle complimentary. Trying to crack that oh, right man. now. It's beautiful. It's all good. If y'all want to buy some, let me know. I still got to pay my rent. I'm saying, <laughs> nah, nah, bless it. I actually been seeing seeing the O2 juice. You feel me you online? Shit, let me go ahead and see what the fuck that shit yeah. tastes like. Let me your thing, man. Right, see it. Let's get a home. Crack it open. Oh, okay. Oh, that's the crack, crack open of the O2 juice, man. We appreciate. There is cocaine in there. <laughs> oh wow, that's very good. Thank you. That's if you take a gulp, it hits your insides. Hand press too. Yeah, hand press. One for eight, two fifteen, three for dub. I sell it by the case. Let me know if y'all want some. <laughs> yeah, that's monumentous. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess I'll, I'm gonna ask you what the flavors is. Oh but, yeah, but right what, now. Yeah, you could. Yeah. So that's the first and the. This is the first flavor, but not the original flavor. This is the first flavor I put out. This is peach limeade, but the, my favorite is double lime. So what I'm doing is <clears throat> basically taking it. Uh, what is something is sparkling and put a natural flavor to it and adding what is a uh, lime juice so basically you're drinking lemonade made out of limes mm. and then we use uh more so one more natural ingredient i'm gonna i'm gonna put all this on the back when they get patent and all the stuff yeah and we just waiting for all that to go through because you know we live in a sad world where people do steal your ideas mm-hmm. no matter how much you going hard for it or whatever but say all that to say there's multiple flavors right now i got five flavors but i just put that one out there because as of right now it's easy to manage and it's easy to push out there i don't want to have five different flavors in the infancy of the 
of the O2 juice because then it's, people will be confused. And then while I'm developing a company, I don't have hella money to invest. So it won't differentiate uh, while I'm doing it. I'd rather get to a point where I'm established and you love this flavor. When Sprite came out or when Coca-Cola come out, you know they got that main flavor. Mm. Then it's like, okay, they're established. You could go mm -hmm. do a whole bunch of different ones. This one, I want to establish this flavor because it's one of the favorite. It's the people's favorite, even if when I do samples and then you get the other flavors to be more... You know, tailored to people's taste buds. Got but my favorite is the double lime. I'm, that's probably the next flavor I'm going to drop. Got you. you know what I'm saying? So, so what inspires your juice, the the real O2 juice that, um, that fires you? Man, the real inspiration came because I got terrible eczema, right? So with this terrible eczema, I can't drink a lot of stuff that's like sugary or got manufactured stuff in there or that's really hella processed. So I, somebody sent me this recipe and it was like, oh, man, you could try this juice. But I had been making lemonade since I was a little kid, you know, grand. Yeah. At first, it started out lemonade. Then I moved to the point I'm making Kool-Aid every day. My partner's coming home, I'm coming over. I'm frying the chicken, and I'm like, "Oh, you got to try this Kool-Aid." But when I make the Kool-Aid, what I do is I squeeze it like it's lemonade, and I just add the Kool-Aid powder in there, and it be cracking. Everybody be like, "Oh, this Kool-Aid doing numbers." I made that all the way until college. Then when I came back home, I just used to make lemonade, and I'm like, "Damn, blood! I'm putting all this sugar in here. I'm wondering what's breaking my skin out." It's all this fucking sugar. So then I'm like, um, what's this? Oh, shut up. Hey, Gunner, I'm going to call you back. I'm doing a podcast. Say what's up. Oh, yeah, I'm going to do a podcast too. What's up? I was calling this thing. Which one are you at? Emmerdale? No, where are we at right now? We at Oakland. Trade Coastal 20 for 20. Trade Coastal 20 for 20. All right, bro. I'm going to go do one at 7. I thought uh, I was seeing what you had going on. Oh, I'm going to shout you out. You getting a shout out right now. <laughs> I'm gonna call you exactly at 721. No, I'm just playing. But. All right, I might possibly pull up on your narrative. All right, good. I'm gonna drop the All right, King. Shout out to my dog, Gunner. So that was your uh, co actor, co star, co star, family member now. That that's beautiful. So yeah, I rock with matter of fact, let, let's just dive into kind of what your story entails and kind of who you are. You feel me? Mm -hmm. This is we're really one of our first guests, I say, from San Francisco. So this is a, you feel me? A, it's a, lit. Yeah, the city and Oakland, we right next to each other. But um, yeah, to finish this. But basically, I made this because had eczema. Somebody passed me a recipe like five months ago, and I just used the same concept I was making lemonade with and using hella sugar, and then used that recipe and put my twist on it. To where I'm like, okay, how do I like it? I like stuff a little, very sour, but it's still sweet enough to where you can enjoy the balance of both. So I was in the kitchen whipping up, and then before you know it, I'm at gatherings like this. I'm like, oh, have some of my O2 juice, or have some of my juice. And then my my partner, AB, he was like, bro, you need to sell this. So I went outside on Hayden Webster. They call it Pay Street, and it was a hot day. It was the, I was celebrating the death of my uncle, and then hella people was outside. So I just started pulling up cups, and they're like, bro, this is hella good, bro. I, they was like, oh, I would mix Chaser with this. This is alcoholic. He's got THC. Well, I'll pull up with this. So then eventually I'm like, okay, that's telling sell it. Found the bottles, and now we got the labels. Now the patent in the process, next thing you know, probably 2020, late 2020, 2021, it'll be official because it take time for everything to go through. 
You know what I'm saying? But it's official right now. But yeah, going to my story, man. Born and raised San Francisco, California. I think my upbringing is the same as many people from the Bay. Um, I grew up on <clears throat> Hayden Webster. They call it Page Street. And I grew up in a time where it was transitioning in the 90s from going the typical San Francisco projects into the townhouses. Mm -hmm. So I saw the whole thing from a little kid of when it was the projects, it being torn down, it being rubble, <clears throat> to it being townhouses. And I just lived through three different decades. Now, of San Francisco going into the fourth, I don't know how that's possible. 90s, early 2000s, 2010s, and now yeah. 2020s. You know, yeah. so it's four decades. And it just, I feel like my story from my. From coming from my neighborhood, I think my story is normal, but I've realized it was abnormal coming to life. You know, coming yeah. to life, cause so normal for me was being a single parent and people in your family being on drugs like my grandma it was she had was clean and sober by the time i was born but she was on drugs and then my uncle who passed away 2018 he had died because he overdosed on cocaine mm. so that was normal but that was normal in my neighborhood a lot of people's parents were on drugs we didn't know it at the time a lot of people's parents were alcoholics and then inadvertently that influenced the life that we lived you know what i'm saying yeah. but it came to a place to where we, i had a happy upbringing it's like if we were defined by a socioeconomic status we would be defined as low class and or living in san francisco but to us family we felt wealthy because we yeah. had each other it was fun we just enjoyed life but i didn't know that until i was in elementary school i went to the school up the street john Muir. i ended up getting a scholarship to uh, go to a private middle school shout out to smart uh, but I, I, it was there at which like the first time I went to somebody, I didn't know what a loft was. And I saw somebody who owned the loft. They didn't rent it in San Francisco. They owned it. And then I saw people I had went to Pack Heights for the first time. And my mind got blown because my house, I live, I grew up in a one bedroom. Even when I went, moved to Hunters Point, it was a two bedroom, but still fairly small. Yeah. But it was a point where their living room was bigger than both the houses I lived in or both the apartments I lived in. So it was like my mind was blown. So it just, that really stuck with me and followed me. And, you know, my story is normal, though. You feel me? I've, I feel like I've always been, even though with the things that have been around me, I feel like I was always told to be this type of person to not be deterred by what other people say or do. And, you know, you go through high school, coming to age where you yeah. get influenced by the things that are around you. But I feel like for the most part, this person who I am, even though I was quite introverted back in the day, I've been a, a shell of this person. And now as I grow and become a man, become an older person, it's coming out. You feel me? Yeah, you know no, that, that's very much reflected mm -hmm. in uh, while slapping a song, UAB. Oh, and man. I, was, I was like, you ab. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you a bitch. <laughs> If you can't be yourself, then you a bitch. You a dirty mackin' just to get some pussy. You a snitch. You a snitch. Still talking just to eat the booty. You a bitch. You a bitch. Now we can't be cool. I don't wanna hear shit. You said some deep shit. You was like, you feel me? Scared to be yourself. You a bitch. Mm -hmm. You feel me? Man, that's uh, a fact. And so that that's very telling. You had another line on the album, on the Still Winning Project. You said something like, uh, "Still, we still winning." Oh, look at Skino, look at Skino in the cut. Like I'm just here, happy to be here. Oh man, shout <laughs> out, Skino. shout out DJ Skino in the hella, house, man. Hella humble. Uh, shout out LLF, Legends Live Forever. Yeah, love them because Legends Live Forever. But what was you saying, my bad? I uh, you had off. a line. It was like, oh, you was like, I'm well rounded, but I'd rather be a square. Man. Like where you talk about though, you're from a very lovely mm. uh, uh, cinematic yeah. city. Yeah, facts. You feel me? The environment isn't as always as good as a Hollywood film. Like mm -hmm. that can be kind of rare. You feel mm -hmm. me? That that kind of thought of like it's okay to be a square. Yeah. Where uh, where did you kind of pick that up? Was that something that always kind of resonated with you? I think I was just exposed to so much stuff at a young age. Fortunately, 
that just it turned me to be like, oh, I know this is not for me. Like, I remember, so the neighborhood I lived in, I grew up in Filmo, so I remember just the police, it's a police station right there. I think it's Turk Street or Turk or Eddie right there on Turk. And it's like uh, Fillmore and like one of those streets. Everybody know the police station right there in Fillmore. And I just remember them always giving the kids around there stickers. Mm. So I was like two, three years old. So I remember I was in KO and I was like, man, um, I see a police officer because they used to walk through the projects and we all used to be outside. I'm like two or three years old. My mom let me go outside. We'd be outside late, like oh, past 10 o'clock, little kids. Yeah. Now I'm just outside. And I'm like, oh, the police officer right there. I need to go get a sticker. Yeah. So I went to ask him for a sticker, and he didn't have one. But he was trying to talk to me and ask, oh, do you know this person? I'm like, I don't know. I'm a little kid. Yeah. So I walk away from that. I just remember getting choke slammed. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, I'm crying and shit. I'm like, what the fuck? And then at that moment, I didn't know. But that was a series of events to let you know about the relationship between people from the neighborhood and police. The police... Even though they might not, I don't know, I'm not going to say police intentions, but you see that relationship early that any involvement with the police is negative. Yeah. No so matter who did, who did the choke slam come from? It came from a, somebody in the neighborhood. Now this person has passed away, yeah. so I'm going to just refrain from bringing them up. And they, right. they're a known figure in the film, in Fillmore. Yeah. And it yeah. just like, feel me, it's like a situation to where I learned quick. And he's like, man, he's not supposed to be talking to the police. Yeah. Blah, I don't care what he's talking about, blah, 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 this, this, and that. And that, stuff like that led me to learning about who Martin Luther King was, going to the ACE program. That was a program in Fillmore, as well as seeing seeing people die at a very young age and yeah. literally witnessing people die. No, I knew for me that this wasn't going, I didn't want that life, you feel me? I didn't want this to be my upbringing and I didn't want to be a statistic. And my mom embedded that in me at a young age, you know what I'm saying? So stuff like that was just really stuck with me to the point to where when I was able to make my own decisions from very young, I knew that's not what I wanted to do. Yeah. Even though all my friends, literally, I was a, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but literally one of the only people from my elementary class that graduated college, the first one of the first in my neighborhood to graduate college, you know, stuff like that. To where it's like, man, I just know I got to do something different. And people used to tell me all the time. And I, I can attribute that to my mom, my grandma, but the people in my neighborhood. Because it's like when they used to disappear, I used to be like, man, where y'all go? Y'all been gone for hella long. And they used to lie to me. They'd be like, oh, we went to college. I didn't know till I was in college sitting in my dorm one day. I'm like... These niggas nigga lied. Didn't go to college. That nigga was in jail. That nigga Damn, lied to but me. But they were still trying to steer you in the right place. So. It, it, it worked because it wasn't until I got to college to where I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. You feel they, me? They knew, they knew so it was better. So it was just people seeing me and myself before I even knew what that was. And then just having awareness of, man, I don't like this type of stuff. And even doing things myself, experimenting with certain things to be like, okay, I'm a... I'm a post outside on the block and I'm a they they telling me I should be with this shit. So let me see how I, how it is. Like let me have yeah. an internship, you know what I'm saying? Right. And then going through that week internship, two weeks, being outside and you just being like, All right, we got one gun, the the hose only slid through twice. Or oh, the hose slid through twice. I was kinda lit. All right. And then we only go play <laughs> basketball once. You know, like and there's the the other stuff is just like I was like I wasn't into selling drugs or nothing like that. Yeah. So a lot of stuff for me didn't have a purpose. And I didn't understand beefing with niggas that we just used to play on the same Pop Warner team with. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand beefing with niggas that live down the street and probably have similar experiences than us, than the niggas across town or anybody else. Like, I just, I'm not going to knock nobody for the life that they live. I just didn't understand it, you feel me? Yeah. So, 
to me now I understand proximity. I understand that people beef and people get into problems because of proximity. Meaning Absolutely. you're you're more likely to get into an argument with him who's somebody you're closer to right. than an argument with maybe me or Skino, even because yeah. it's like we don't see who us every day. Yeah, you know you what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, so yeah. I started learning things like that, and I'm just like, okay, it explains. But the, I, the myth of black-on-black black crime. Exactly, but it's everybody on everybody crime is the most prevalent. Filipino right. on Filipino pr- exactly, crime is the most. that's who they associate with. Like, exactly, most, yeah. so it's just stuff like that. But going back to what you asked, it was just more so, you know, I don't know, just being fortunate enough to be like, all right, this is who I want to be. I kind of knew it at a young age, and you know, you scope that throughout your life, but you kind of, you kind of know sometimes. Yeah. And you know, I wish I would have. I always feel like I could have uh, known earlier, but it's like I'm thankful for the life that I live. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. That's real. Yeah. So growing up, could you have ever seen yourself acting? I wouldn't. I never seen it, but it was always something prevalent. So it's like going, going all the way to. My mama told me this. She always say this story, but she's like, I remember we was at Lake Merrick when you was little, and you was a baby, all just about one years old, and then the, poli- the news was there and all this stuff, and you was on camera just dancing, having fun, and then everybody at the lake was over there, and then there's like stories like, oh, then we had we I put you in this pageant to where you was a baby and yeah. you won, and then it's like, oh, you know, um, then I start seeing stuff to where like, oh, I remember when I was in preschool, I was the per- I was the um. I think the MC for our preschool graduation. Mm, then it goes to been charismatic. Exactly. And I felt like I was introverted when I was younger. But it's like in situations like that, when it came to public speaking and it came to being in plays and stuff like that, I might not have jumped and said, oh, I want to do it. And But it was more like, oh, you should go do this. And I'm like, all right, I'll do it. Yeah. And it led to me speaking at almost every graduation I've been mm. about, Not even, not more of my later years because I kind of, you know, you get older, you start doing different stuff. Yeah. But then it got to the point to where it's like, oh, I like to do this and I've been doing it. Let me jump into it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And it just, it primed me for where I was at and fortunate enough. That whole thing in life plus frustration and like just being hungry meshed with something else, meshed with a big opportunity. And I just got fortunate. I'm saying. Damn. So, yeah, that's so I never really saw it, but it's like it's always been around. Always, well, like, well, even back to the charisma, the very first time I ever seen you, I, I think the first time I ever heard of you was at the Schmop house. Mm-hmm. It was last 420, so 420, 2019. Oh, damn, you know, I just popped though. up. My pa- my partner yeah. hit me like, oh, you trying to go to Schmop house, whatever. It was Smoke Fest, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was some live shows. It was- Wait, 08 was probably there. What? Oh, wow. Uh, we we're there. on the bill with him coming up. That was lit. I'm I remember- Let me know the date so I can slide through. Oh, it was good. Wood Gang Lee. February 29th. But well, I, I, I came for, uh, I saw King Key was there. Oh, yeah, she was turned up. That's Yeah, folks. hella turned up. Yeah, I love her. And then you was after and- mm-hmm. Nigga, I just remember just nigga just cheesing and and cause I'm a I'm a rapper as well. I'm yeah, an entertainer yeah, performer. And I could see it all in you. I was mm-hmm. like, man, this nigga has showmanship. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. I was like, I think I hit you on, on Twitter <clears> right <throat> after. I was like, bro, this nigga Stunner Man O2 got some real showmanship. Oh, thank you. Cause man. what you was doing, like the show is kind of outside the house. Kinda it was like, outside, everybody was high, the energy yeah. was low. Yep. I'm like, bro, I'm not it's performing. 420. Like, yeah, I'm not performing until everybody come outside. Like, yep. bro, I didn't write these raps. I didn't come. I didn't get dressed today to perform <laughs> in front of niggas that are young people that's just out there. Just feel me like, oh, I'm just finna ride through this high, yeah. do this for this next 20 minutes. Nah, bro, I came so y'all could feel this shit. You feel me? So that's how I was feeling before I performed. Yeah. And I, 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 you know, as an artist, when you go perform... 
you hate to perform when you perform in front of a crowd that's not engaged a yeah. five minute performance could feel like an hour <laughs> and then and you perform in front of a crowd that's fucking with it yeah. a 45 minute performance could feel like 10 minutes yeah. and it's just no, like oh right. shit and you, you look you feel me so it's like I don't I didn't want to be a part of that yeah. so and it's just like I'm happy the crowd end up even though everybody was high they end up saying okay yeah. let's give it a chance you know what yeah. I'm saying that's but, all we need and I feel like the Bay we don't do that a lot mm. we don't give things a chance like we just normally say oh you're not in my lane or you're not yeah. in my fa phase of interest so i'm not gonna even know yeah. what you're talking I mean, about it's because the culture is so readily available to exactly. us you go to a spot like utah they're gonna be portland to see any. yeah mm -hmm. you know what I mean? oh but let me tell you i was one of the people who was inside the house when you was gonna oh, perform so stunner man he comes and running through the house he has the the uh the the cordless mic so you go from the stage mm -hmm. now you're running in the house but your speaker is still your voice is still coming out the mm -hmm. speaker outside i'm just like yo like i'm in the house smoking with people i'm like bro we gotta go outside and check <laughs> out the performance like this guy's serious you feel me and That's then good. ended up it was totally turned up and it was a photo you used. You were out the shout window by, rapping. Shout out, shout by sick. Oh, that's who got the flick. Yeah, he was out. He was out the house rapping, and you could see me in the picture oh, in the see, crowd. I'm cheesing hella hard, like with my phone out. You're out the window rapping, and that's the cover art I'm for out, out the window. window. And that's energy. A, yeah, energy. And that's been a song I hella had on repeat the last Slick. couple of weeks. I don't like, know why people like that song. I thought it was average. <laughs> I thought it was feel me. That's one of the ones. That's something you can uh, play on repeat. That's mm -hmm. just one of the ones. Thank you, bro. I appreciate that. That's crazy how that happened, man. Shout yeah. out Nilo Beats. I hope everything's okay with everybody who's a part of that whole situation. Shot by Sig is a, gen a genius. You mm -hmm. feel me? Because I'm sending my love to him. Uh, sending my love to Nilo and you because you're a part of that. So I'm happy everybody that was on that cover end up feel me going being prosper oh, being wow. prosperous you know what i'm saying yeah because nilo going crazy with the beats shot by sig i'm pretty sure he's doing well with the photography yeah. and now i need to go turn your music up in the car as i leave oh yeah no nah, mm -hmm. we got we got, so, a little, we got a little a little something something hey shout out big. to shout out to one of our previous videos end of the line we hired a few young dancers come turf oh, dancers oh for real i we thought you were gonna say strippers Nah, we, <laughs> we shot a video that was from the perspective of the turf dancers on oh, part. So we're kind of like spectators while mm -hmm. they're the song and video is about them. But they uh, were featured in Kaylani's new video. Oh, that's uh, I think for that. I'm talking about Chunky and all of them? Chunky, I am Dre. Uh, nah, it's, okay. uh, I think they all turf fiends. So like Phil, Yaya. Oh, tell them I said what's Hell yeah, Koozie, uh, mm -hmm. Don B. They was all dancing uh, with Kaylani and her new shit. I think it's the one with Keisha Cole. Oh yeah, legends. This is legendary though. Fact. Speaking of the gap between Oakland and San Francisco, because I used mm -hmm. to go to school in Atlanta. Oh, for so real? So I would talk to people and, and tell them about the differences. Like, yeah, like Oakland and San Francisco is two major cities that are right next to each other. <laughs> port but, cities? Yeah, two Drew port Banger cities. put me on with that. Oh, yeah. He's telling me about that. But keep but going, my fault. Just the gap between our lives it's like that bridge is like 50 miles long it's crazy yeah it's really was, not even that long yeah is was, it even a mile yeah, it's, it's like it's like like three miles from west oakland to downtown san francisco that's something something that's you feel me it's an easy little drive but like i was even talking to my my homegirl from she grew up like by harlem she was like yeah i didn't meet anyone from brooklyn until like oh, i was like yeah. 16 i was like mm -hmm. that's the exact same story mm -hmm. like it is uh it's like this is important who was your like Frisco OG like in the music oh, that you listen to? Like, or matter of fact, who 
who would you want to work? Who is your Frisco OG and who would you most want to work with now? Like, oh, before we go into that, I want to touch on what you just said about the proximity. Though. Oh, let's do that. Because yeah. it's crazy how three miles separates us and how we're so different cities, but we don't claim that we're from the same city. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, uh-huh. and to me, I think going forward, we have to change that mindset because that's going to be the thing that propels everybody in the Bay to the top. Yeah. The Bay Area as a collective, it has the fourth biggest market in the whole United States or the world in terms of hip-hop music mm. and music in general. But if we do stuff to where, like, we, I'll say, oh, I'm only from the city. You say, yeah. well, you're only from Oakland. Yeah. Somebody say, I'm only from Richmond. It minimizes who we are, yeah. no matter how much, you feel me, exposure we get out here. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's some real shit because mm. within that same proximity from Frisco to Richmond, Vallejo, all that, if that was another city in America, they would all just say, oh, we're from San Francisco. Exactly, you know what I'm saying? Or, but, it, but it's so much great things that happen to all the, these cities to where we have to just change that mindset and be like, oh, yeah, I, I'm from Oakland or, yeah, I'm yeah. from Alameda, but really I'm from the Bay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's what's going to take us to the next level. And I feel it because you even think about a place like um, New York. You just mm-hmm. talked about how somebody didn't meet somebody else from another borough today was 16. Yep. But I bet you if you ask Fabulous, Jay-Z, Diddy, be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm from Harlem. I'm from Brooklyn. I'm from this, this, and that. But I'm from New York, though. Mm-hmm. I bet you you can't go to Brooklyn and go over there and hit the Harlem Shake and then say, nigga, this the Bay <laughs> Bounce, man. And, and, and then a nigga from Brooklyn would check you like, nah, bitch, that's the Harlem Shake. Like, you're not finna come out here and take some New York shit. Mm-hmm. That's the same way people should have about the Schmees about that's the reason why the 500 dip is called the blue face dance right now because when it was in oakland going crazy people might have been doing it but they was like oh that's the oakland shit yeah or that's the this shit that's why certain things don't elevate because we got to claim it Mm -hmm. if we don't claim it somebody gonna be like oh that's mine y'all don't want it let me go put this on there and show everybody so that they don't even know you y'all did it right and that's what the bay we gotta we gotta figure out as a collective how to move as a unit and that just comes from and it really just need to be some leadership yeah Um, but um back to just people that i admired they asked me this question another time and i kind of went blank but people that media trained yeah feel me i need to be media trained no i said you are why you say that you're good at keeping the sub the oh yeah trying to man uh, questions and subjects and keeping everything afloat i'm trying to man (laughs) i'm just trying to make you make it what you doing easy as possible you feel me bless but influences off the top of my head from the first point just business savvy JT the bigger figure, figure pen, mm-hmm. figure pen mirror. I say that because I was fortunate enough. His uh, son Jabril, I grew up with him. Me and him are like a year apart. I swear. Yeah, figure. He's like Jay. People don't realize how influential and impactful not only a lot of artists was in Fillmore, but how influential he was. Mm. JT was like one of the people where I saw him when I was like, I could remember seeing him when I was like eight to 10 and him just moving, like him standing in front of Charlie's and everybody, he was like, oh, I got this coming. I'm like this. And then everybody, maybe, you know, a couple of people might not be behind him or this, this and that, but him just doing it. And then you see like him saying it and then out of nowhere, you just see a movement behind it. You'd be like, what the fuck? Mm. And I just remember seeing stuff like that. I just was with one of somebody I admire today, Big Rich. That's another person where you just like, you're young. I wasn't young enough to be in the buildings, but just see like, 
who the hell is this dude that everybody is just congregating around? Yeah. Like, who is this? And then you just he see just him. He carries like a crazy level of respect around Man, like the world of respect. He's just like, he's <laughs> like, crazy it's like, it's like and then seeing these people and just be like, what the fuck? But it's like, it's a whole bunch of them. It's, it's people like San Quinn, where he talked about in his interview that he was backed by. So, so I grew up on Hate Street, but Hate Street is a, one of the main streets in San Francisco yeah. because it goes all the way to Golden Gate Park, but it comes all the way back down and you could go to Market Street, which is the intro to downtown right people don't realize that hate street was a strip where not only could you go to boutiques and eateries but it was one of the main places where you can buy drugs and crack from mm -hmm. and that block you literally have millionaires from the block that i was uh, definitely thousandaires thousandaires close to millionaires from selling drugs there because people would always go there which led to a lot of the people who rapped from the neighborhood and from Filmo being sponsored by these drug dealers when they didn't have it. Mm -hmm. That's something that's very different that what we don't have today, you feel me? Like if it, if like it, I'm a, this is what people told me. They was like if this was 20 years ago, you would just be rapping and somebody else would be the juice salesman. You probably wouldn't even ma be making juice. Somebody would be cooking making drugs and they would take that money and fund your career. Right. And you would just rap. This person would just make the juice. That person would just sell shirts. Yeah. You feel me? It's a lot different to where like okay now one person does this but i'm saying all that to say that people like jt people like uh myzel parker uh femi who is like uh just influences behind the scenes who i know personally and, and grew up and seen like damn i didn't know they was doing all of this until mm. i grew up you know what i'm saying so damn man a lot of people anybody that's from our section really if i see you and i'm just like damn that's what you're doing. It, it motivates me and lets me know I got to up the ante and I got to push because if I fall off, you're going to have to do this by yourself. But I know if we both doing it or I know the legacy and you see a young dude doing it, if like it's like the preacher in the movie, Willie Hinn. He see me doing this music stuff hard. It's him saying, okay, I, I used to do this rap stuff crazy. I was the man back in the day. Yeah. You know you know what? Let me give him some game. Let me mentor him. Maybe let me even pick up the mic again and go crazy. So it's stuff like that to where it's like, if you're in my section and you're not hating, then I'm rocking with you. You know what I'm saying? Or if you're not, I'm not going to say trash, but you need to develop yourself more. Because yeah. I don't think nobody weak. I just think people need to find out what they want to do. You know what I'm saying? At a point, I was one quote-unquote week now it's all these people randomly saying not a crazy amount but people like hey i like what you're doing and yeah. i care i still remember those people that were saying bro you're terrible you know what i mean so all right my bad i'm over here rambling at this no nah, nah, this, this all this, this all Loving needs to be positivity man i'll be, pa <laughs> be passionate yeah. <laughs> i'll be passionate about this and no, i'm sorry all right, right quick i'm gonna take my 20 minutes start making this beat i'm gonna write while you doing this so i get a head start nah 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 let me break it down let me all break right. it down now nah, i'm finna so cheat i don't care what y'all talking about <laughs> you rocking with the best this is 20 for 20 so we got right here right man is stepping away from the studio right now he has 20 minutes to make a beat from scratch this beat does not exist no kicks no claps nothing we're just gonna keep the conversation going 20 minutes he gonna come back 20 minutes that's it one at a time every musician in the room we gonna go in that booth right there for 20 minutes whatever you want man 20 minutes is all you get man we're gonna come back we're gonna premiere a brand new song at the end of the episode that's crazy bro what the hell am i prepared for this yes you are all right so one thing we believe in at trade coastal 20 for 20 we have folks who are extremely talented the, the very talented individuals and we believe that whatever your talent is you can display it in 20 minutes so yo if, hey, yo, if your talent was it was 
astro physics astro physics you could just you could blow our minds in 20 minutes brain mm-hmm. surgery if, if this nigga was a, that might a, take a minute yeah in 20 minutes you could do a lot more than i could i wouldn't know so. yeah. <laughs> facts and brain surgery though damn could is brain surgery possible in hell no not in 20 minutes huh but he could probably Pains, tell right? us exactly. a brain surgeon can tell us something that can happen or he could come with a brain oh i'll keep a brain in my briefcase boom <laughs> brain surgeon <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Right. Oh, nice. whatever. Bam. Speak. You can use this. Yeah. Oh, great great segue. Why don't you give me an introduction to Nigel Standers? Who, who, uh, who's Nigel Standers? I don't know if he's here. I forgot my glasses. Are, y- are y'all ever in the same oh, room Oh, yes. Little, little, little Nigel Standers here. I'm fucking around with the one and only Stunnerman 02. We're here at 2020 Trey Coastal out here doing things that you niggas would never do in your life or couldn't even fathom. I'm out here fucking bitches that you niggas won't meet. You only see them on Instagram. And when you see them on Instagram, you'll double tap. But no when you're double tapping and the heart pops up I'm doing that in real life real niggas doing real things you don't know about this lifestyle I'm the number one player you're number one hater that's how it goes <laughs> now Nigel Standards is going crazy people might not know but um, Nigel Standards was actually a character that I didn't know until probably like the last three years which is actually inspired by a character on Crank Yankers Nigel Niall Standish you know what I'm saying <laughs> on Crank Yankers yeah, old school Crank Yankers Crank Yankers they had Spoonie Love and all this stuff and I just remember watching it as a kid and I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how early I started doing it but I just know people in middle school saying bro I remember you used to do that in middle school oh or, shit and then mm-hmm. it wasn't documented till I think 2009 we did a diss song we was dissing these dudes named the GS dudes. Like, hello, 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 Nigel Stan. It's here. I don't know who the GS niggas are. They have some suckers, these bitch ass niggas. And we just, I'm just talking shit on there. And they're like, bro, that shit is funny as fuck. But you feel me? I really, um, the, uh, you know, it just comes from a whole bunch of stuff. But really, I want to take that character and progress it. Like, I think like five, six years ago, I used to do it on Snapchat. Just um, every week, I would tell like a, a th- like, you know how they got the circle with the minutes in there mm. on Snapchat back in a day mm-hmm. it'd be like a thousand seconds in a circle and then people like bro i just be skipping through your stuff but a lot of it, it built a fan base to where at points in my life when it was just snapchat i'll post something on snapchat yeah. and people will pull up and be like oh where you at i was just family i just saw you here and they're like oh you was just doing this yeah. and i was like oh damn and i had got away from it just from listening to the wrong people my mom told me it was weird um this girl on twitter said i should give up doing it and it kind of hurt my my self-esteem so i was like fuck I should damn near quit but then I started doing it again and then I was investing in the character too I bought some glasses I bought a grill I bought a robe usually not the premise of Nigel is fuck a bitch with my robe on exactly shout out to Heavy Baby that's where that really came from he's an R.I.P. him mm. me, he was an um, instrumental he was a young he was a young I don't know how many kids he had but he was a great father um, he was he, I believe he died at 19 18 but he was just impactful and his whole family bloodline is one of those Famous San Francisco Filmo bloodlines, mm. the Hill bloodline. I think Jason Hill went to the NFL. Um, Money Ray is like one of the from the neighborhood I come from is one of those OGs you look at and be like, okay, if you look at the epitome of what uh, I hope he don't get mad at me for saying this, but what a gangster is like. He lived it, lived through jail. I believe he got shot a couple of times. I might be lying. I don't know, but it's like you know epitome of what that is. Yeah. And then his um his bloodline following suit in a tragic way to where I believe three of his um, sons have been killed in the last seven years, but to a point to where they were loyal to 
what being from San Francisco looks like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And staples in the community. But yeah, that come that's where that line came from. But Nigel, feel me, supposed to be a player, dude from some point of posh English that just do a lot of shit that the gangsters do. Nigel is a gangster. Jordan Gomes is a civilized human being, mind mannered, square. Stunner Man 02 is a turned up individual who has fun, but he has type of restrictions. Nigel Standards has no filter and doesn't <laughs> give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so you see the difference. And then Suave De La Stunna is for the ladies, laid back, chill. You know what I'm saying? You know, mm. it's different people. So you could say I'm borderline schizophrenic. Oh shit! But so so, I was gonna say, are, are they ever in the same room at the same time? I mean, they always here, but then you know, it it got to the point where somebody did. I met somebody, and it was like, oh, bro, uh, where Nigel at? And like in a wake, it was one where somebody was like, where's Nigel at? Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I don't know where he at. You know, blah blah blah. And then it'd be like, and then it's like they really thought that was another person. And it got to a point where people would be like, oh, yeah, you know Stunner Man too. I'm like, nah, that's my brother. That's my twin. <laughs> or I, be, I get to that with people, at a point with people where it'd be funny. Or if somebody had commented, uh, I, I don't know what happened. They commented on my page and they was like, oh, bro, you, you're Nigel Standards. Oh, okay. And, you know, stuff like that. It'd be hilarious to me. But really, it's just the different parts of me because, you know, we're not singular. Yeah. And that's what the movie Last Black Man in San Francisco was talking about. We're not singular individuals. We have dimensions to us. Yeah. And then I grew up in a place to where you might not be able to display all those dimensions. So I put it into these characters. So when I was going to school with a lot of white people, I could be Jordan Gomes. When I'm in the hood and I got to go to these parties and yeah. I got to go live this lifestyle, I'm not a thug, but I'm not going to let you punk me. I'm Stunner Man 02. When I'm with the ladies and I got to be smooth, you can't be, I uh, have this defense mechanism. You can't be funny guy all the time, but you can do these funny jokes. That's Suave De La Stunna. And then the comedian to where I want to express how I feel yeah. and I want to be a part of it. I don't want to be left out uh, with everybody in my uh, and where I'm growing up at is doing. I don't want to be the, just a, a black sheep. You know what I'm saying? Right, I want right. to be a part of this too, but how can I be a part of this in a way to where it's not, I wouldn't say, in in a way to where it's not hazardous to my life and you know I'm obviously and overtly joking. You know right, what I'm saying? You right. feel me? So that's where it's like, you see the distinction of this to where it's like, okay, it's okay, we can laugh at it. You feel me? But you know. Yeah. You know I mean, you know, just stuff like that. No, that's real. I don't know where I read. I don't know if it's your Twitter. It talked about like like you quit your job recently. To, oh yeah, uh, fuck that job. No, I'm just yeah, to, to pursue <laughs> to pursue music and acting full oh, yeah, time. Like, um, how, how has that been for you? How has that been treating you? Like, um, what, just what, to, with some lessons learned, with some shout out some, that job though, because when I graduated from Santa Rosa JC, came and got my AA, and I feel like I was a little down, didn't know what I was gonna do. They did help me out a lot. You feel me? So shout out to them. But it got to the point where I think Nick T Cannon talked about it a lot. They need to put more respect on Nick Cannon's name. He do a lot. But it was a point where I was frustrated and I needed to go figure out what I wanted to do. Yeah. So it was like, and then luckily it came to the point where, you know, we both could have been better on our side, but it's to the point where I couldn't tolerate disrespect. And it ended up with the dude who was my employer hanging up in my face. And I was like, oh, I'm just not going to go back. Fuck that. And that came right after I came from Switzerland dealing with the movie. But dealing with doing that, it was scary, and I was thinking about it for like a month, and I was like, I figured out either you going to do something 
to change what you got what got going on or life is going to do it for you mm. feel me and then life did it for me but in a way to where it was like okay feel me i knew it was going to work i had just left thrasher just talked to the president thrasher shout out tony that's why you were thrasher all the time hell yeah i, I, fuck with them. Yeah. I was always like damn this is, mm. you don't see too many niggas just rocking thrasher and they just me and him <laughs> just linked on some sh- cool that's shit solid. to where it's like he was emceeing for the movie mm. and then i just chopped it up with him he was like man you cool i was like you cool too yeah. like what you do again he's like oh i work for thrasher i was like all right we gotta hang out one time he's like all right it's good and it's like i was like what you do at thrasher oh i'm the president oh for real oh shit <laughs> That's lit. And he's like, yeah, come by. That's and then it, it ended up literally before my employer called me, I was telling him, like, man, I kind of want to quit my job. And he's like, nah, I don't do it yet. You want to have an income while you do this? So what you do, you're not pressing people for money about it. Yeah. And I was like, you're right. And then that just happened. So I'm like, man, now I got to do this shit. But it was the be- at the time, it was the best thing for me. And Quake Beats was like, man, I was talking to him. He was like, man, he was like, if you... Well, if you have your job now, you'll have money. But if you quit your job, everything that you will get in maybe a year or two, you'll get probably within the next six months. And I'm like, okay, so let's just see what happens. And now it's been about, that was like in August. It's January now. It's been about five months. Yeah. And I could see the trajectory of what I'm doing rising a lot more. But it's like, I feel like I could go a lot harder and do do much more. So I'll say the greatest thing ever. But it's like, it's one of them things to where it, like it lit a fire in my ass to where it's like, oh, now I can't chill. Like, yeah. you know, before yeah. I could do something to where like, oh, uh, you know, I don't got to press up these shirts. Or I don't got to get these shirts made. Or, you know, I don't got to write a verse tonight. You know, I don't got to... Now it's like, oh, no, I have to go to the studio session. Yeah. Oh, no, this project has to come out. Oh, no, we got to get started on this script. Oh, no, we got it. You feel me? It's like it's like no more to where you can't... Because I'm in a phase to where it's like failure, not an option type thing, you know? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like we got to make this work because I got a taste of this. I can't go back to living a normal life. Right, right, You know what I'm right. saying? I can't go back to somebody saying, you got to be here at this time. I can't go back to that. That's just how I feel. You feel me? Hey, way to bet on yourself. Way to bet on yourself. Man, a thousand percent, bro. And I'll be thinking about that now. But like right now, I'm at the point like this week, like I could literally see it. Like I could see what people be talking about, where they be like, oh, it was this point where I was doing this, but you know, it went here, and you feel me. And I appreciate you saying that because it was like I was afraid to. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I was afraid, and if like for two, three years. People have been telling me, bro, you got to put two feet in this. My partner from Baltimore always said that. Shout out Damon. He's like, put two feet in this. Or, oh, you got to really, for me, you really got to do this. Or I'm listening to Steve Harvey talk or whoever talk about, oh, yeah. Or the Tyler Perry saying, oh, wait, we jump off that cliff. You feel me? You don't know where you about to land. But as soon as you do, feel me, you'll, you'll fall in. I didn't know what they was talking about. But now I get it. Now I was working with that job. I had uncertainty. Like, I don't know if I should do it. I'm over here living paycheck to paycheck. Now that I don't work a job, I probably make less money, but on some shit to where it's like, I'm not worried. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like before I could only think about what was in front of me is in front of me. Now I think about this is a lifestyle. Mm. This is how I'm going to live my life. So I'm not worried about what happened, what is here now or might be gone type stuff. You know what I'm saying? You know, thank you for telling me that. Yeah, Damn. for sure, for sure. I mean, yeah, like, it sounds like it was instilled in you from a young age. Mm-hmm. You said, I think you, I think it was moms, but correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. You said that that they instilled in you to just be you first, mm-hmm. and 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 you kind of realize it yourself. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not with that shit. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be me, 
You feel mm. me? You had that confidence and, and look what it's turned into. Thank you, man. I appreciate you know? it. So who was it that instilled that in you? Was I'll it mom? I'd probably say my mom, my grandma. It was like my mom and my grandma for sure. Inadvertently, it was a program called ACE2 that where they taught me knowledge itself. And that was just a mm. program in Filmo where every if you was black or African, that's where I met the, my first Nigerians. Habesha, which is Ethiopian and Eritreans, mm. just meet different Africans to where it's like, oh shit, like we really great. You know what I'm saying? That, mm. and then I would say the biggest point other than that was going to that private school while moving to Hunter's Point because it was two new things in the same year of life when I was 11. Damn. So I was living in what was quote unquote the worst part of the city, but um, going to school and and what they say is one of the be top three all boys schools in the city or one of the top schools in the city mm. so you I literally have to I had to grow into okay if I don't stand out and be myself then I'm gonna be confused or all of this shit which yeah. end up being a great balance for me I feel like you know what I'm saying especially uh, both of those because if you're in the neighbor if you're in a um, a place where you're the only black person in every situation it's like you feel like you kind of representing black people yeah and you can't do nothing to mess it up but at the same time you can't do nothing to where it's like oh, i'm not gonna let these motherfuckers just do anything to me you know what right, i'm saying right right and then on the other side it was it was situations to where like damn i still want to be a part of what all my friends is doing but i don't want to be I don't want to be maybe not that because I've seen other things. Yeah. If I never seen nothing, I'd be like, oh yeah, target practice on um, Saturday. We ain't got shit to do. Let's shoot at this stop sign. That's that seems. But then knowing like, okay, damn, we could go to jail for this or yeah. damn, we only why are we we learning to shoot so that we could shoot each other type shit. So I don't know. Mm. And then it, I feel like that situation from being eleven to going to high school from eleven to thirteen, it was a whole. Like metamorphosis and then coming out of 13 like femi going from a chubby kid eczema all on me femi girls being not being grotesque because you know i still was kind of funny you know what i'm saying i had the jokes but being a point to where i'm my confidence wasn't as big as it was to being like okay i need to start working out okay i need to take care of my skin okay i'm gonna get the waves on these and then <laughs> next thing you know i'm walking in my outer appearance match how i felt inside and then it being like Okay, I could walk with that confidence in my shoulders back because the things I'm insecure on, I worked on, and now I can deal with it. If somebody says, "Oh, you used to have eczema," I'm like, "Okay, your mom used to do this." So, what you want to talk about? I'm gonna try, I don't try to do your mama jokes, but it's a point to where it's like, okay, now I got to come back because now when you say that stuff, it doesn't minimize me because I'm walking like this. I'm like, yeah, I do got eczema, but you look. I'm like, oh, look at what you got. Like, look at this. You feel me? And just dismantle somebody. Even though it shouldn't put each other down, but yeah. now I have I'm on not only have a defense, my defense is up, but now I can attack if I want to. But now, now we want to be. But that turns into just being self confidence, which turns into today. Like, oh, if I could get through that experience to where I felt my lowest, then what is it being to have no money and and you don't know what you're gonna do tomorrow or you don't know what you're gonna do in the next hour oh i can make something up and we can figure out how to make some money we could go sell these water bottles and then go do this you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and then we could rap while we do it now people gonna be like oh you know what i'm saying like stuff like that has just made me believe deeply so my mom my grandma dealing with that program just hella people i've met in my life plus living in that environment just made me be like okay you feel me i could do i could do whatever mm. you know what i'm saying 
And we all could do it because we damn near all come from the same place. In different ways, we come from the same situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, what promoted that move from Philmo to Hunter's Point? My mom just finally got um, approved for, it wasn't Section 8, but it was just approved for public housing. Yeah. Like, for so long, she was uh, she was in a private, not a private, but, like, it was a public housing thing, but it was, like, something to where it wasn't attached to the projects. Uh-huh. And then she applied how long, but they wasn't giving it to her. Yeah. And then eventually, we had lived on the corner of Hayden Webster. The house I live on is not connected to the uh, townhouses or the projects on Hayden Webster, but it's the house where everybody who was from there stood in front of because it's on the corner. So it was like, in a way, metaphorically, I was a part of the hood, but not connected yeah. in that way but it's always like i don't know to me where that house sits is metaphoric for me because it's like damn i'm in the neighborhood but i'm not connected to these projects yeah but um that move came just because she just happened to her name was next on the list and it was like oh we got to move over here and i didn't want to move hella bad i was like fuck but it was the best thing that ever happened in my life like literally best thing like lifelong like i still go over there today and people that i grew up with and be like oh what's up bro what you doing it's like it's love they tell me that i'm from harbor now or they tell me i'm from over here now and i'm like oh you feel me i just you know what i'm saying that's love man like they it's all the people that i grew up with not everybody that's from there obviously the people i don't know everybody but it's like i don't have to claim and that's that that's a good feeling to me because yeah, I'm. I might talk about it and be like, "Yeah, I love being in this area," but I don't have to claim something and claim me. Mm-hmm. And to me, I was like, "Man, I love that." Same with living on Hayden Webster. Same with live, live, growing up and being from Page Street to the point where it's just like, "Man, you know who was there? They know." I mean, everybody know the real. Just because I don't want to be a street dude or nothing mm-hmm. like that doesn't mean I lost my roots. And it, even if I do decide to be like, hey, I am from here, that doesn't mean I'm on the shit that everybody else is right, on. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's just like you can be from what is the opposition of where I'm from, but that doesn't mean I don't fuck with you because of the shit that they they brainwashed us into doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, that's some real shit. And so... So last summer you were featured in the film The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Yeah, shout out to them, Joe Talbot, Jimmy Fields, A twenty four. Yeah, that show started. I was actually there at the premiere at uh, yeah, Grand Lake. Mm-hmm. That show's there. I was there for like the panel actor. Like that, that shit was tight. And your role it very much speaks to what we're talking about right now. So that's mm-hmm. tight as fuck. That's why I'm bringing it up right now. Thank you, man. Appreciate uh, you. You feel me? I know you're way more than just the film. Thank you. But that movie was tight as fuck. I love that movie. Yeah. So you played a character. You actually played yourself in the movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize your character's name was Jordan Gomes. Exactly. Uh, I should have told him to make it Stunnerman 2. But I was like, I wasn't thinking at the time. Because I really played Stunnerman 2. Mm, it's like, feel me? That's mm, like, if I was to bring Stunnamental 2 to life, yeah. that would be Stunnamental 2. Gotcha. Like, got raunchy. In film. Yeah, yeah. boisterous. Mm-hmm. All in your face. Annoying. But. No cameo by Nigel? No cameo, <laughs> not yet. They got to pay Nigel big bucks. Oh, okay. shit. But, right. Nigel to Hollywood. Man. But no, your character was, was it, it showed it showed multi-dimensions and i was looking it up like i watched the movie a couple of days ago and i was like oh you're you and your four uh four guys that kind of stand outside that's something and i was like that's hella familiar something in theater mm-hmm. so i was like hella research i was like i know like i didn't pay attention to 10th grade english class but i remember this shit mm-hmm. it's called something like what you are like in between acts oh, yeah. it's the greek chorus exactly so you were part of the greek chorus and that's and what, what they named it too oh shit yeah, so they, they actually when Joe Talbot, 
and Jimmy Fells talk about it. They say it's the Greek chorus too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's because the whole movie is supposed to flow as a play. And then that play that happens in the movie is a play within a play, mm. which is a mind fuck. But we, like you said, we come as there a change. the play in the, oh yeah, shit. You feel me? Uh, I mean, that's a play. So it's like, well, damn, it's, it's some crazy shit. Mind blown. You know yeah. But then it's like we, like you said, we come to transition the scene. Yeah, we act as the Greek chorus. But, yeah, and we kind of telling you what's happening before it happens, kind of. Yeah. So it's like you see things to where it's like it's a part in there where it's like at the family reunion, mm-hmm. who we introduce, and I don't yeah. know what it happens exactly after, but it's like something happens to where Jimmy goes to see a family member. Yeah. Or you feel me? Or, or it's yeah. something. Like, yeah. I don't know if it's actually like yeah. that, but it, it's, it's like. It's helping keeping the story progress. You know but when I was looking up for what this part in, like, theater was, I came across Greek chorus. I'm like, yes, I finally fucking figured mm, it out. Genius. And the definition was talking about how they were a very one-dimensional role. Mm. But your character broke the normality of the Greek choir when uh in a scene which is one of the most memorable scenes in the movie to me is after the character kofi had got killed got knocked down yeah kofi got knocked down and jimmy is kind of confronting you and all the guys outside like man what the fuck happened like i just seen him like he's coming to y'all for answers and the scene where you feel me you lead the audience to believe that like you about to fire on jimmy like this is like a it's like nigga yo partner just got killed how you running up on me for these kind of answers Mm -hmm. and you stand there and you break down in his chest and start crying Mm -hmm. which is very much so breaking that one dimension of Mm -hmm. you feel me other characters y'all's playing exactly what what was that like to seeing that on the big screen oh man i don't know like i don't even know how to really kind of explain that but if i was trying to put words to it it was like real but at the same time surreal to the point where that moments like that happen frequently like literally i think the week that the movie premiered i linked up with one of my partners and then he was telling me we out here he was telling me like um man my cousin just committed suicide the Mm. other day and the day before that one of the young homies got shot in the head and was almost brain dead he's cool now so it's just like and it's the point where like damn you where we had one of those moments where it's like damn this just tragic happened me i'm and he was like what else can you do hug for me embrace yeah. you know what i'm saying so it was like that was real but to see it on the screen was just like dang i, I want i want to know how the people would feel if they would have been there while we uh shot it and they would have known that after every time i did this we'd be laughing and cracking jokes yeah at between every take but it was crazy to see that just being on the scene and that just energy and that emotion and people being like, I know you in real life, so I was damn near laughing. But it'd be like, damn, that really brought some emotion out of me and stuff like that. Yeah, so, that, was a, that was a heavy scene, though, for yeah, real. Thank you. you. I feel like all the characters was very multidimensional. I thank you for the kudos, but I feel like all the characters are multidimensional because yeah. it's like it takes some type of a level of character development or anything to go see Kofi out there talking shit but yep. he was just vulnerable and chilling with jimmy and mont you know what right, saying? right right so it just be like you know but i don't know that's it was crazy it was and i feel like that the writers trusted me with something and i just did my best to deliver and then on top of that i feel like they wrote that very well and try to make it t- as true to san francisco and to the bay as possible you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. you yeah know what I'm saying? 
Oh, you did that. Bro. Thank it's, you, man. It's tough you. to go from, you talk about it being multidimensional. It's mm-hmm. tough to go from those two dimensions. It's tough to go from like menacing, like mm-hmm. you're about to fire on somebody to uh, being like vulnerable. That's the word I was exactly. looking for. It's mm-hmm. tough to go from, because you walk, you walk up like with the Joe Pesci energy mm-hmm. a little bit. <laughs> Turned up. You feel me? And everybody like, what's oh, about God. to happen? So it's tough to go from that. Mm-hmm. To vulnerable, so exactly. yeah, that's that was a shout out to Joe Talbot and Jimmy because they wanted to wear when you watch black men on the screen, as you notice in the movie, there's no love interest, we're not being hyper sexualized, oh, wow. we're mm, not doing it, we're, be, we're being humanized. You yeah. see every emotion, almost every prevalent emotion from a black man in that movie. You see sadness, you see happiness, you see the boisterousness. I said that earlier about just the happiness and everything. You see anger, you see compassion, you see vulnerability, you see all of the stuff, you feel me? So it's like, you know, that was the whole point that they try to exhibit. And I think they did a real good job at that. And it just like, you can see the change of emotion and how people feel. And that was even metaphorical in a sense to where it's like, okay, I hold up, People might hold up this type of wall or a defense to where I'm angry all the time. I'm moving like this, but this is really how I feel. And so, you know, you can't always, sometimes you got to let it out. You know what I mean? Truly. So that was cool. That was fun. 100. On that you note. Making a song? On that note, I'm going to step away. I'm going to get to this 20 minutes. Uh, all right, it's lit. I just farted on the podcast. Ah. That's the first. Yeah, it's just lit. That's for sure not a first. But. He said, for sure not a first. On that note, what you were just saying, I appreciate how in it seems like this next generation of filmmaking, they do avoid throwing in unnecessary love interest into a lot of movies. Because, mm-hmm. you know, that's always been like a Hollywood thing. Like, oh, exactly. who's the main character going to get with? And mm-hmm. a lot of times they just, you know, duct tape it into the story. It doesn't mm-hmm. even fit right. Mm-hmm. So I've noticed that the next generation of movies has started to take writing to the next level and not include unnecessary things. Exactly. And yeah. then that's what you need. You know, you don't always have to stick to the script. Mm-hmm. It's like, no pun intended, but you can really break out what is normal. We, we get tired of seeing the same thing, you feel me? Mm-hmm. And that was the beauty of that script because it was nothing like you ever watched before from the cinematography to what had happened in the story and the plot and everything. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't really... There's probably been probably a hundred movies about about gentrification about unfair laws and things like that that happen to put make people homeless but i've never seen a film like that do it let alone be from san francisco mm-hmm. so that was huge you know what i'm saying and i think it was very impactful it woke a lot of people up to what's going on mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so and i heard you saying on the native sons podcast mm-hmm, that was it. the script from when you originally got involved with the movie to the finished project Oh, yeah. It was almost a completely different movie. Yeah, right? it was like a, it was definitely a different movie. The first script was just writing from I think Joe and Jimmy they was writing from emotion, mm-hmm. strictly emotion, and just telling a story about how all San Francisco's San Franciscans felt around that time. Mm-hmm. When, and that time was like 2012 to probably like 2014, 15, and just the onset of gentrification, like it floating around and not people not really knowing what it meant to where it just got vicious and it got violent to the point where. People, you don't you don't give a fuck who's homeless. You feel me? It's like we we need these houses when y'all got to get out and figure it out. You know what I'm saying? And the violence of that and seeing culture just gut it and it's just like damn. They went from 
our our neighborhood being like this and these eateries being right here to where it's like, damn, what are all these vegan spots doing over here? Even though vegan food is pretty good, I'm not gonna <laughs> holler. But you know, what are these vegan spots doing here? What are no no offense, but what is this white person doing jogging through a, a all black neighborhood right. to where it's like, if you was to walk through here, you or your phone would be out and you'll be calling the police if somebody said hello to you. So it's like now you're jogging through and you're looking at the people in the neighborhood with a face of disdain because you don't feel like they should be there but it's just like damn it's like that's that energy they had around the first script to where it's like man fuck y'all we damn they're gonna i'm not gonna say they put this in the script but like we're gonna beat up all these ginger fires and get y'all out and it went from it's similar concepts in the final right but like the play being in there and then just being revised and you know certain things you know but it went from that in the beginning to making it more feasible so it could be swallowable it's like thinking about you thinking the first script was medicine, but it's the most nastiest medicine to somebody who is mm -hmm. a gentrifier that they could ever taste. Mm -hmm. And it's just like fuck. Now they'll never they'll never swallow that. We have to make from it. We have to make yeah. this appealing. So we have they just took that medicine and made it to where it's like, damn, this taste this looks so good and tastes so good that not only are people gonna wanna take it, but it's not it's gonna make them feel good. But on top of that, it's gonna be something that's impactful as well. Mm -hmm. And they're gonna wanna take it like, Oh, I need some more of that last black man. Right. You got some more of that? And they so, won't even know it's medicine. And they don't even know. You know what I'm saying? Really it's just it's hopefully it's the cure to what it gentrification and hopefully it's we can appreciate the rise in the economy and the rise in the great things that all of this stuff from tech has brought but also find a balance between um what the great things that they have and the great things that the initial or the original san francisco and the bay area have meaning that okay we can have this influx of people who are doing tech and starting businesses and making the economy look great and rebuilding all this stuff but also have the people who built the city now have the culture here because that's what's necessary mm. you know what i'm saying do you have a specific moment when you remember really noticing gentrification um, for I just, the first time I'm gonna always remember I think 2009 It was this article That my mom showed me And it was like You seen this? And it was like um, Come to San Francisco The most interesting city In the whole world And it just I add To get people to come to San Francisco And then I remember In 2018 That same exact ad Saying Come to Oakland The most interesting city In the world And then that's when I knew That that gentrification That had happened in San Francisco is now about to start taking over mm -hmm. in Oakland. And then on the, another big moment was I had came back my first semester of college for winter break. And I remember it's hella funny because I saw Jimmy like in this span of a week. We I saw him by the Church Street Safeway. If you ever come to San Francisco, they got a church. It's the most crazy. It's the only Safeway that's open 24 hours, but it's crazy. You don't want to go there. They be stealing shit, be maining. Feel me? People be homeless. People be fighting and stuff. But they shouldn't have to live like that. You feel me? So I understand. So I saw him by that Church Street, and he was skateboarding. He was like, oh, he's like, oh man, I just came back from New York, and I was like, oh for real? And he's like, yeah, I just came back from New Orleans, and he went to school in New York, New York, and I went to school in New Orleans, and we were just talking about how different it was and how we wanted to move back from the city but we also got into talking about like man the city feel kind of many now too and, and he was like he was like yeah i know and i was like it's shit crazy and then uh, shit i didn't know he was working on that though you feel me he had that on the tuck so that was crazy that and but i just remember coming back to hayden webster and i kid you not before i went out there i remember 
literally people being standing in front of my house in the summer before I moved out there. So this is the summer of 2012. People being outside in front of next to my house, in front of my house every day. The block is jumping like everybody's outside is lit. Then I remember coming back home and now they're across the street and I'm like, what the fuck? And I see white people walking down my block, even though this is the side of where all the public housing is. And I see them sitting across the street and I didn't get it at first. And then three years later, nobody's out, almost nobody's outside anywhere. And you like, and you like, what the fuck? But I just remember coming back home and them being across the street was so weird because it wasn't, it was like, why, why, why y'all not on this side? And y'all been on this side for the last 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. I just didn't get it. But at that time, I just have that distinct memory. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was one of the coldest winters I ever felt in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna write a book like the coldest winter of gentrification. <laughs> I'm and then a script. Man, that's a script. Oh, cold winter of gentrification. Write that down real quick. <laughs> Moving over to your music. Mm-hmm. I know you spoke on the. Uh, everybody should check out the Native Sons podcast or you too as well. I was listening definitely. To that this they morning. definitely got to go check that out. They doing numbers. And you were mentioning how you know you've always wanted to keep a message in your music. Do my best. But not so much to where it's ta- corny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Have lyrical, but not lyrical, mm. miracle, spiritual. Exactly. All that. And I've noticed you make a point of that. The beat you choose, the production, everything. Mm. What kind of led you to do that? What kind of led you to not so much, oh, I have mm. to go this direction, be boom, bad beats, everything like that, or anything uh, like that? It's more so just like, like, I started out really like wanting to rap. Like, I started out writing poetry, so it was always trying to make whatever I'm writing the most difficult thing that you're going to listen to. So when you go looking, looking at it, you're like, oh, what does sublime mean? Or, oh, what is, uh, people probably know this, but what does manifestation mean? And what does it mean in correlation to speaking like this and stuff like that? I want it to be like, when you go listen to a verse I spit, it felt like you just read a book. You know what I'm saying? To the point where I'm like, you're like, oh, okay. I got to be on, on this to understand it. And But listening to it and then listening to a thing i think albert einstein said it he might not have but he was like intelligent geniuses are able to take something that is almost impossible to understand and simplify it so much that even a child could if you don't know this subject matter you can be like oh i know this by what they just told me Mm -hmm. so i started taking that into consideration then it's just the reality of life you know what i'm saying you're gonna we're phasing in the stuff to where in order to be successful in music yeah you can be yourself but you got to have a sound to what's happening right now you got to be able to relate to people and then for me that was always i feel like if a beat is always pounding and going stupid people can't help but turn it up especially in the bay so all i tried to do was take what i wanted to do and translate it and make it sound good so you you listen to a song now out that window that people who were where I thought I didn't think that was really a crazy or good song. I thought it was average and it needed more work. But I play it for my homies and they like, oh, bro, you got to put this out like next week. And this goes to where it's like, OK, pulling up, slapping out that window, loaded niggas rolling up that endo. And you hear like, OK, it's like this shit we do in the Bay. And then you hear a line like Kenfo. I told you I asked to tuck all them extendos. And it's, niggas start tripping when it, it's like it goes from. Are you normally here? Nigga, we pulling out extendos and we busting to where it's like, okay, now I'm telling you to put the extendo away, not knowing that's a kind of a 
Trojan horse to the fact that you hear the trigger word extendo, but it's in a way to where like, man, we having fun. We we, we pulling we pulling up. We high. Oh man, don't worry about the gun. We finna just turn up. You know what I'm saying? And it just like I try to sprinkle little things like that to where it's like, okay, that song is enjoyable. You can play that in the club, but instead of it encouraging you to go do something bad, it's encouraging you more so to just chill. You feel me? Or it's encouraging you to enjoy the moment. And that came from me talking to my partner. Tay Bang too and then when I was really starting to do this music stuff like just figuring it out four or five years ago and then me saying to him like bruh I'm a, I gotta figure out a way to make some stuff conscious and then make it slap he's like how you gonna do that and I was like I don't know I'm gonna figure it out though so it, it took a long time, though. It took a long time to not go in there and just say some stuff to where you hear somebody who you would call a revolutionary rapper say it. And then you'd be like, man, this is what everybody's saying, though. I want to turn this off versus to where if you listen to you a bitch, the second second verse, the last part of it, I'm telling you that you're a bitch if you beat women. If you domestically abuse women, you're a bitch, you a sucker. If you rape a woman, nah, we ain't cool for shit. If your life in danger, I can don't self-defense. But hitting women for no reason, nigga, you a bitch. You a bitch. Then I'm telling you, okay, my, if you're self-defense, if this bitch about to kill you, then you could defend yourself. But if you're beating on women, you you a bitch. Simply as that. And it's like the whole song is shit talking though. But you wouldn't get to that point and get that message and it wouldn't sound impactful if I wasn't talking shit. You were, if I came on like, oh, you shouldn't hit women. And, oh, this nigga talking about some conscious shit. Now people would be like, oh, this song slap, bro. Talking about you a bitch. And then, but you get, I, I, every once in a while I get those women that be like, oh, I really appreciate that you said this. You feel me? Because that's impactful. I was in domestic violence. Last week, one of my good friends, I'm not going to say who it was. I saw her in front of my house. We ended up going to my house, just chopping it up. And she was telling me how she was sexually abused. And I was just like, what the fuck? But I, and I know her my whole life. And she told me, but I feel like for some reason, I just right now, I'm just kind of thinking like, damn, maybe if I didn't open up these avenues in my music, she might not have been able to come talk to me about this or talk to anybody about that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And now she's confident enough to come confide in me and be like, you know, I went through this. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm like, I was at the point where I'm like, hey, where you live at? Let's pull up on. He's like, no, no, let's not do that. But, you know, I'm just saying all that to say I'm still figuring it out. But what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to make it lit, but just sprinkle in that little stuff in there to where you like you don't even know it's people are medicine without them knowing. Exactly, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, man, that shit was so good. I need some same thing with the O2 juice. This shit flawlessly executed, bro. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Flawlessly you. executed, bro. You're giving me love. I've been waiting to say it, but that whole song is Bay Area. That's how we feel. Feel me? We don't have the, we might not have the best. We might have the great greatest stuff, but the Bay is being so good within yourself to where anywhere you go you're good that's when, when i had when i've been in scrapers and going to a party and we pull up and it's like okay we ain't got the nicest car but i bet you we knocked the baddest thing in here or i bet you we come in here and turn it up you feel me and that's all it's about and i feel like it's always it's been like this to a certain extent to where the materialism or really get you to dictate how to judge a person. But I feel like right now, because other regions are prevalent right now, a lot of people's focus is on what do you have? What who what do you do? You know what I'm saying? Rather than who are you? Who do you, you know? Who do you, who do you know? And that who you know has always been something big. Rather than saying, okay, well, who are you? All right, what, what type of person are you? And now 
I feel like a shift is coming, but it's the reason why in a rap game and a lot of things where image matters so much, but you might have might have missed out on the most talented people if that might that didn't fit this image you know what i'm saying that's why i don't i'm not really a big fan of lizzo but when she does her thing i kind of just sit back because she's breaking a lot of barriers you feel me so it's just like i'd be like you know that's not my forte but there's somebody that does like that you feel mm -hmm. me yeah. and it's like you can't knock that because she's breaking a lot of barriers to where you know Maybe we might get a, a bigger rapper that's a male who ends up being a sex symbol. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Stuff like, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? So, you know. Just being herself. Exactly. You, a place where you could be yourself. Like, I always get mad because I'm from San Francisco and I feel like we get coined of being gay and we're, and we're not. A lot of people, it's like, I feel like it's the normal, it's the norm for people to be gay or whatever you feel me and it's just to the point where people think oh you're a city where all the gay people go so they think everybody from the city's gay mm -hmm. no we're not gay it's nothing wrong with being gay but at the same time let us be ourselves and so we don't people don't have to overcompensate for their masculinity and to where it gets into this realm of quote-unquote toxic masculinity which you feel me shouldn't exist if people can just be themselves mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and it gets into the point to where it's like damn now there are some dudes that are masculine men that are homosexual but they can't be homosexual now because you didn't put this coin around saying homosexuality is bad and all of this shit all right let them go be themselves but don't force them to have to be this way in order to be themselves you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. like you shouldn't be a black man that and have to be um a gangster to be a black man you know what i'm saying same thing for anybody else you know what i mean and then you shouldn't be a woman and it's like oh this is what it means to be a woman you should be able to define that and i think that's what like we're we're phasing into that's what i i don't want to tell anybody what they need to do of course i got my beliefs of course i got my biases of course i got my things but i want to be able to be like going to a phase where i feel like in san francisco and a lot of places that well, one thing that is prevalent is that uh, people can't be themselves, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, and that specifically in the point to where masculine men can't uh, have a sec healthy sexual orient, present their sexual orientation healthy. Am I a homosexual? No. But if I know my best friend is a closet homosexual and he don't doesn't want to be himself or be out there because he's scared people want to ju will judge him he's scared people won't fuck with him no more i don't think it should be like that you feel me right so you know stuff like that you know what i mean that reminds me of me and cam were just talking about the other day i don't know if you saw the aaron hernandez documentary yeah like feel me like he wanted to be a cheerleader but exactly. the toxic masculinity so stopped him from football. being able his to dad do that. was on his line and who my bad to cut you off but oh, no, who's good. this all of that whole thing a lot of it was um hearsay and just taking it from okay this is what we think mm -hmm. should happen but at the same time if he really was a homosexual i think he should have been able to be that you mm -hmm. know what i'm saying versus as okay i gotta be on the down low if he wanted to be a cheerleader he could have did that you know what i'm saying right. but it's just like coming to the point where you was bringing it up like that's kind of fucked up to where he just couldn't you know what i mean mm -hmm. and it obviously led him down some bad paths exactly like, you know what i'm saying yourself gets in your head like that you know mm -hmm. but who who knows what the real is right i don't know there's a lot of a lot of side side stories so. exactly man yeah but hopefully we could just be in spaces to where we could be ourselves and enjoy life and being yourself is not always knowing 
everything, but it's you know it's figuring it out into the point where okay, I'm 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 learning this, but you know I I love this. You know what I mean, and so that's all it ever is. Right. But Got Phil back from his twenty in here. Yeah. Big Phil. How was it? I warmed up the booth in there. You feel Can me? I go in there? Yeah, if you're ready. Go yeah, we're going to set you a timer. Do I have the freestyle? No, no, no. You it's got 20 minutes, whatever you can come up with. Yeah. All right, you could write. You could freestyle. You could do poetry. Can I just make a hook? You don't even got to make a hook. You could you could do a speech. Happy Martin Luther King Day. Yes, sir. Welcome back. How you feeling? You said you, you, said you ain't sweating, though. That was cool. How was your twenty? How, how did you go in feeling versus uh, uh, versus how you came out? I went in there kind of with a plan. Then I was like, man, I'm just gonna vibe to it. Hold on, let me see real quick. What's up? What you doing? I just called to let you know that I love your label. Thank you. I appreciate I you. Absolutely love them. You're a real one. I'm about to share it. I just keep seeing it, and I freaking love it. Thank you. It's me, but in a bottle. It's you in a bottle. Where Kingston at? Right here, get up my nerves. Let me talk to him. You gonna rap something for us? You scared? See. I'm weak. My favorite rapper song. Bruh, that's not your favorite rapper. <laughs> I'm weak. No, that's your favorite rapper. Alright. Terrible. Alright, nah, he can have his favorite rapper. But alright, I'm about to finish this and tap back in with y'all. Alright. Okay, thank you for the kudos. Love you. Love you too. Alright. Bye. My bad, Joe. It's my godson. I mean, when she called, I answered. Because that's a mother to my godmom. He might be needing something. Oh, no, he's good. Yeah, but that was yeah, it was stressful. I was like, oh damn, I just didn't want it to sound weak. But then I just stopped caring. So then I'm like, all right. And he said, you an engineer, right? Mm-hmm. Or you want to So I'm like, I feel like you'll put something to where it sound coherent. Right. So right. it's like, feel me. So I'm not, re- I'm not tripping. I made like a smooth hook. I feel like so it's cool. So I'm like, fuck it. I have fun. Then we we'll go get Skino in there. Yeah, yeah. You fuck around. It's good. Oh, one thing I want to say. Congratulations on making it to the Super Bowl. You guys. Oh yeah, Femi. Nah, yeah, all this, niner fans. This what I be trying to get people to think though, bro. Like, if you really think about it, if we start thinking as the Bay as a section, technically the Bay made it to a Super Bowl, yeah. and now like the Raiders, they left. But really, it's like I don't know. Like, if you root for the Niners, it's not betraying nothing. You feel me? But it's like one of them things where I think if you're from the Bay, you should root for the Bay. You know what I'm saying so like if the Sharks make it and they was they did some thing like since 2012 like teams made it like 10 yeah. they, they made it to like since 10 2010 cha- yeah like feel me like 10 championships yeah what well, it was like, since 2010 a Bay Area team has been in either Super Bowl World Series NBA champion or the Stanley S- Cup something you feel every me every year we've been in it I think like if you from one city you're not winning all the time but if you're from the Bay, you're you still we still winning. Wow! Come on, bro. That's why I pair numbers. People, man, people don't be thinking about this, bro. It's broad, and I feel like there's also no shade to you, mm. but I feel like Niners fans don't hate Raiders fans. We actually like the Raiders. That's how I feel. But Raiders fans hate Niners fans. 
I don't know why, bro. <laughs> and I just be chilling, enjoying my life. Niggas getting tacos. Oh, nigga, only Niners put red sauce on tacos. <laughs> like, what? What? What type of shit is this? Like, what I'm supposed to put? Um, silver and black I'll be, sauce? I'll on be there, putting the green sauce on yeah. strictly on my tacos. Those and then Raiders fans, you supposed to eat them tacos burnt, man. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going through struggle and strife with you, man. But I just wanted things to where it's like, man, when the Raiders win, I'd be happy. Because the Raiders won and they yeah. lose, I don't clown them until they start talking shit. But see, we not we shouldn't have that mindset. I think it's because Oakland is such a strong city. They like, man, we could do it by ourselves. Oakland is like the black mom in the neighborhood that do everything by herself. And then she got it. She's independent. Yeah. But it's just like you feel me. It, and no, Oakland is like me too. Because I feel like I'm independent. I'm like I got it, bro. I got it. But the reality of it is, it's not bad to root for or get help from other people. Yeah, I'm saying. Real. Do y'all remember the song Looney's had a few, a couple of decades back? Mm-hmm. The the I'm a Raider song. Y'all remember that? No, I don't remember that. You remember the I'm a Raider song? No, yeah, what's up in the East Bay? This this I'm, young Skino. I'm, I'm like filling in for you. Camp. You remember the song? Uh, yeah. You remember the hook? I'm a Raider, a Oakland Raider. Cause I'm a Raider, Oakland Raider. From the Bay to LA to Las Vegas. They did? Yeah. What the fuck? Like, this was in like 03, 02. Damn near in 02. What you got the, the uh I know I found them CDs like at the like the Berkeley Fleet Market. Mm-hmm. It was like a mix, mix CDs. And I found that song. And that shit was that shit was a hit back then. That's crazy. That was a hit, but that's some, and it that's manifested. some heavy shit. It that's manifested for sure. Definitely manifested. I don't know how the fuck they did that. I think they were just saying like, "Oh, we mobbed to Vegas after the game or something." I oh, probably. Meant, but it's. I don't know. <sighs> that's they fucking mean, terrifying. <laughs> they Who that was that again? The Loonies. Loonies was on, damn. Mm-hmm. Feel more slim. What does that mean to you? I thought you know. I said. I think one of my um, my old employer. He was talking about that. He was like, "Hey, he's a musician." I was like, nah, that nigga's a pimp. <laughs> nah, actually, uh, when I DJed uh, Juneteenth this year, Filmo Slim actually performed. Yeah. And he was he was doing some, doing his act. You feel me? I didn't know he had that, but he pulled he it out. Trumping and shit, don't he? He or pulled like out the, the arsenal. Yep. Yeah. He moved to San Francisco, I believe, to become a musician because it had a budding jazz scene. Yeah. So it's like, and then he, I guess, he just got swept in about by what was happening over here. And yeah, like the Fillmore District, they compared it to Harlem in New York. Mm-hmm. It's called the Harlem of the West. Oh, yeah. top. Nah, I believe that though for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, city niggas, it, it, like it really was. When I was like sixteen. I met my first homie from the city. Like, you have a ducktail. Just a little faster pace. He said, "Do you have a ducktail?" Niggas definitely. Yeah. Oh, ducktails. he absolutely had a ducktail. <laughs> I got locks. It was, or- it was an orange ducktail. Bro, I got locks, but I still got tails. He still oh, got shit. the tails. It's crazy, huh? That's wild. But I know you gotta go. Let me see. You got any? You got any? I had final a great. Huh? You got any final? Man, any final make sure on um, this podcast is amazing. I'm holding this mic in a very dangerous way, but it's comfortable. Um, man, this is a great podcast. The atmosphere is amazing. I'ma just say that making that song, I thought it was gonna be stressful, but it was great. It was a good experience. It was expressive, and let me know that I need to get back on freestyling. Mm. But last words, man. Y'all some beautiful individuals. Appreciate I wish y'all it, well and whatever y'all do. Make sure whatever y'all doing, keep elevating at it. And on top of that, keep being yourselves. Y'all have something that's right here, bred and very different. I don't know. I never experienced anything like this. And if y'all wanted to, 
y'all could turn this into something that nobody else is doing and he can do it on a high level. So you feel me? Keep doing what y'all doing. Believe in yourselves. Everybody who's watching this, I love y'all. Go follow me, Stunamental Two. Go buy some juice. Go buy a shirt. Feel me? Yeah, I wouldn't juice. I would tell y'all these shirts are for sale, but they're Niners colors. So I don't know how you oh, feel me. I don't know. I get down that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feel me? Saying, no. let me know if y'all like them. And then on top of that, just have a beautiful, beautiful night or day if you watching this in a day or life if this is the only thing you heard. All right, love y'all. Much appreciate you. Man. Much appreciate you coming yeah. through. You want to say some final words, Skino? Nah, I just came to support Skino, a real one. Trey Coastal and, and Stunamento, too. That's facts. it. I'm just doing my thug thizzle. Man, now we finna go. Facts. We finna call the strippers over. They finna call the strippers over. Go live. Just go on live on Instagram. Oh, I should have put this on live. I'm tripping. We'll just, when you get to the strippers, just put it on live. Okay. <laughs> uh, and like that, y'all listeners at home or in your offices or maybe in traffic, probably in traffic. You're going to hear a brand new song that we yeah. we have never heard before. I can't wait. It's finna sound lit. 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 Hey, hey, it's finna sound lit. I might bitch. have to give a dick to a little bitch. And she kind of thick. And she want to whip out. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Anything right now. He got his foot through a slipper. You know, I got to find me a little ripper. Take it to Flippers. Might have to dip her like some wing stop and all that shit. Go eat some vegan mob. Go eat all the places that sustain you and that come from people that we know. Nah, I'm not giving money to a broke hoe because she should get a job. A nine to five might do it right, but she might quit if she feel frustrated and she's not getting her right things in her life. Getting told and stuff. And, you know, but now I'm rambling. You know, ramble on the hoe. Ramble on the bitch like I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger with, you know. So this is long how I get on. You understand me? Uh, yeah. Bye bye. 21st, right there. Yeah, no, I will. Bye this just gonna be however long I gas, straight gas right Trade now. Coast, hey, coast, hey, coast, hey, coast. you see that try to play me? I was chilling with the big homie AB, AE. We're going doing anything when we're feeling any ring, and I'm doing anything. Yeah, I'm feeling like prime time. Where's grind time? You look like lunchtime. I gotta eat it up, gotta beat it up. And if they all on me, then we're gonna skip. Hey, the life I live, I let me live. I don't listen to you because you limit shit. Mindset really what the difference is, so I'll subtract you and add dividend. Much business, music's still the illest. Pockets getting swole like they fell in love with fitness. Yellow on my shit, make these niggas feel it. LeBron on draft day, I'm just what you want to witness. We doing anything we want to. We doing anything we want to. We doing anything they want to. Cause we doing anything we want to. 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 We doing anything. Your life's a bitch, uh, my life's a trip I ain't really, really with that right and shit So I spit all the top when I find my rip When I find my grip, when I find my groove When I win, you lose uh, We were here with Stunner Man 02 uh, Mostly niggas, old news uh, Me, I'm the newest, the truest Turn you back, Lewis uh, I flow and I'm fluent So well influenced uh, 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 Like a shit with produce shit uh, Niggas wanna try to do it, but I roll with ghosts Yeah, 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 nigga, man, you know what the coast uh, Yeah, Trey Coast Way so full. We expose you uh, to do what you're supposed to. Yeah, you niggas is old news. Uh, I'm with Thunder Man 02. Oh shit, nigga, man, an 03. Uh, about to smoke an OZ. Uh, Rolling like a poly. Uh, 
Ask her if she know me, huh? Backwards, you homies, huh? You a jabroni, huh? She ride on my pony, cause I'm genuine. How I hit her spine, I'm never dropping dimes. I don't snitch and tell, nigga rich as hell. I don't sit in jail, I got a good lawyer. I got a good employer, nigga, I still blow emotions, still royal. We doing anything we want to. We doing anything we want to. We doing anything they want to. Cause we doing anything we want to. Cause we doing anything we want to. It all ain't no settling. Presented the game with a wedding ring to the top floor. I want everything. So good on the corner like Kevin King. Ain't no settling. Take over the game like we met again. Ain't no loving this shit. Ain't no wedding thing. So good on the corner like Kevin King. Ain't no settling. Presented the game with a wedding ring to the top floor. I want everything. So good on the corner like Kevin King. Ain't no settling. Take over the game like we met again. Ain't no loving this shit, ain't no wedding thing. Still good on the corner like Kevin King. I'm still good. Bitch. We doing anything we want to. We doing anything we want to. We doing anything they want to. Cause we doing anything we want to. 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 We doing anything. Trey Coastal 20 for 20. I'm Philip Hanks on. Man, you did your thing. All right, engineering. Doing great. It's fantastic. Thunder Man 02 in this thing. Episode 45. Get it. Uh. Trade coast, 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 coast.